Grüß Gott und willkommen to another episode of the Bavarian Podcast Works flagship show. This is Schnitzel and I will be spearheading a solo pod today, courtesy of some issues at the BPW headquarters in terms of personnel. We're actually understaffed and many of us are busy with a lot of work that has come our way and that is understandable. But as we all know, we at Bavarian Podcast Works just cannot compromise on the content. We have to keep delivering for you guys. We have to keep you entertained and engaged. So here I am and I will do my best, you know, to make sure you don't get bored. And I think we've already made a good start on that matter because you would usually have Chuck Smith doing one of these solo podcasts and I'm sure you're just like tired of listening to him every other week, you know, whenever we don't have two or three BBW staffers to do a podcast. He just does the solo and, uh, you know, you might have gotten used to that. So we wanted to mix things up a little. So I'm going to be doing the solo today. I hope that lessens the monotonous nature and, you know, the basically monopoly that Chuck has on these solo pods. Anyways, uh, let's let's begin with talking about the Eintracht Frankfurt win. So Bayern Munich got a hard-fought 1-0 win against Frankfurt away. And that is pretty fascinating because Frankfurt games are always unpleasant. They're always super physical and demanding. And the players basically have to run through fire quite literally in terms of like the challenges and the bruises and everything to come out with a victory and this Eintracht side is no different from the one that was coached by Niko Kovac you know they just like have this the scumbag gene ingrained in all the players and they always fight tooth and nail for every ball possession for ensuring that they you know go all in with the challenges with the duels and they throw everything at you and I expected the Bayern defense to have some problems courtesy of Lindstrom and Kostic and all those really talented frontline players. And they did try and get Bayern into tricky situations early in the game. But as the game progressed, we really showed, you know, that we had more quality and that we could dominate. We held the ball really well. Joshua Kimmich had a splendid game in the middle of the park. The defense was spectacular. Luca Hernandez was there to clean every single defensive error. He was there to make sure that, you know, the ball didn't get passed by in the box. And he made some really good clearances and tackles. Niklas Zule was fantastic at the center of defense. He was a great defensive anchor. He was a huge ball that, you know, the attackers found difficult to go through. And his long-range passing was actually a specialty. It was all on display yesterday. And... I'm sorry, it was the day before, I think. Yes, it was the day before. My bad. It's early in the morning. I literally just came out of the shower. So, you know, please excuse me if I have some inaccuracies in my factual information. So, Niklas Zula had a pretty good game. He was quite solid for the most part. And his passing was just really, really good. Very impressive passing. Long range, short range, vertical, through balls, everything. So, it's going to be a pretty big loss Niklas Zula this summer I was thinking that you know watching Zula's game and how he how good he was at passing and at re- regaining the ball before it went to the next line of defense he could even have functioned really well as a defensive midfielder if Bayern had those plans and having Zula as a defensive midfielder is kind of like Javi Martinez 2.0 except if Javi was faster 
and slightly better with his long-range passing, that would be Niklas Zula. And obviously, taller and beefier. But alas, he's going to Dortmund, our direct rivals, and I'm sure he's going to bolster the back line. It's going to be difficult facing him in the Classica games. With that being said, Bayern will have to look at other options, you know, to replace him. Which we will come to shortly. But again, on the team effort, it was really good. Leroy Zani as a super sub did really well to score that goal. First time finish. Yozua Kimmich with a peach of a through ball, which was again, you know, the silver lining on what was a fantastic performance. Uh, I think uh, it was overall a very, very industrious performance from Bayern Munich. Lewandowski should have had at least two, three goals. If, you know, he had the ball at the right time, the passing from the wings and from a certain Serge Gnabry was pretty suspect. And Lewandowski didn't manage to create certain chances for himself. He tried to get himself into good situations. His passing was immaculate and he registered the most key passes yesterday, actually. And his dribbling through the lines, his passing and his playmaking was really, really good. So... I really hope Brazo and Co. are, you know, hell-bent on making sure he extends ASAP because we cannot risk losing such a player. We need him. We need Lewandowski. Anyways, uh, the rest of the team was also pretty good. Sven Ulreich had a silently solid game. Zabitzer definitely showed signs that he's improving. He displayed more control. But I think that he definitely needs to improve more on certain aspects like his passing in the final third... His decision-making with respect to, you know, shots taken. Like, there were some times when he could have taken a shot a bit earlier, but they were blocked off because he did it a bit too late. So, I think the timing's an issue, and he's still getting adjusted to the overall structure and the press of Bayern Munich, which, although is very similar to the relentless press that RB Leipzig employs, it still has quite a few differences because Bayern usually control possession. They don't, you know, counterattack. And Bayern are the ones that usually dictate the tempo of the game. So Zabitzer has to get used to all of these. And he also used uh, has to get in terms with, you know, how the, the attack flows overall and how he can find his teammates in tiny pockets of space. Jamal Muziala had a very good game in midfield. I think he was super active. But attacking midfield and... You know, the number eight position. I don't think that's his best position because there were times when he was like triple teamed by the Eintracht defenders and it kind of gets congested in the middle. And uh, I think Muziala's talents are best utilized in the wings where he has been the most productive. This season and previous seasons, he has been super productive in the wings and it shows because, you know, the way he dribbles, the way he uses the space to get past his opponents in one-on-one situations, that is super you know, cut out for a wing position. So I really hope Bayern Munich is able to recognize recognize this, especially Nagelsmann and, you know, the rest of the Bayern coaches and the assistant coaches. And they kind of encourage him and his ability and talents to be used in the wings and kind of generate those chances, generate all that quality from the wing, increases goals and assists output. You know, that's what we want at the end of the day. And... I'm also saying this because I want to see more of Paul Vanna at the central attacking midfield position. I know that Thomas Müller is currently a lock-in and that any minutes will be hard to come by for any aspiring attacking midfielder from the Bayern Academy or elsewhere. 
But that being said, I think Paul Vanner is cut out for the attacking midfield role. He is showing a lot of instinct, really good instinct for that position. He is show- showcasing his abilities as a nifty dribbler with very good vision. And he's also, you know, unafraid to get into physical duels and challenges, which is always a good sign. So I envision a future where players like Jamal Muziala, Paul Vanner, Arijan Ibrahimovic and a few others you know, break into the first team and kind of, you know, bolster Bayern's attack and also set the tone for the Bayern Munich midfield and attack for another generation, which will be super exciting because nothing feels better than academy talents graduating to the first team and impressing everyone, including the fans. And I really hope that happens. I hope this trend continues because there have been more players from the academy heading to the first team recently and it's been a pleasure to watch. So yeah, the future of Bayern's academy looks pretty bright and I hope this continues. And now we kind of segue into a situation that has already been discussed, uh, I think, four or five minutes prior, and that is the defensive situation at Bayern Munich. Heading into next summer, we have a very obvious issue, and that is a giant-sized issue, quite literally, because of Niklas Zule and the chunky space that he leave behind, you know. Obviously, we're not really going to miss the number of burgers that he kind of gobbled down at every instant, but otherwise, we really need a very talented, versatile defender who can fit in that role and make sure that we don't have a huge drop-off in defensive quality. We all know what Der Tupamakano is capable of, and he is a very talented young defender. He is fantastic on his day and he has obviously quite a lot of areas where he can improve further but he is an undoubted talent and he can be a very very top player for years to come. But that being said he hasn't you know quite reached that level yet so we would need a sort of veteran presence that is you know who's tried and tested and can you know take on that centre-back spot alongside Luca Hernandez from the get-go. And Andreas Christensen was floated around and recently we have also been covering news of, you know, reports suggesting that Bayern Munich's primary target is Christensen and in the event that that deal falls through, you might be looking at other options like Rüdiger and perhaps Matthias Ginter, Nico Schlotterbeck, etc. And Christensen is actually a very, very good defender and he would offer that veteran presence that I was talking about, but is also about how much, you know, we are willing to pay him per season at this point and if there are any better options around younger better players like Schlotterbeck for example who is just so promising just shows game after game how amazing he can be at the centre-back position and if he were to join Bayern he would probably you know kind of cause Nagelsmann to continue with that back three continue advocating for that back three because he is a left-footed centre-back and so is Luca Hernandez. So we can expect Luca Hernandez to play as a left centre-back, Schlotterbeck at the centre of defence and Upa at the right centre-back position or that could also be held by Benjamin Pavard or any of the other defenders. But that being said, I would prefer if we had a defender who would be flexible in a number of different formations and I'm kind of also biased a little because I really want Luca Hernandez to play whenever he's fit because he gives me that kind of security 
it's very difficult to get past him as an attacker because he is just no nonsense and his style of defending is you know reminiscent of that of Maldini, Nesta and some really really good center backs of the previous era not as focused on you know the ball progression aspects not as focused on you know I mean, he is very, very good at long-range passing and at ball progression from the centre-back position. We've seen that previously, both last season and early this season. But, you know, he is more inclined towards the defensive awareness, the all-round defensive plays, the interceptions, the all-in challenges and one-on-one situations where, where where there are very few defenders, if any, who are better than him. So, Luca Hernandez always plays and that means that we would need a right-footed centre-back to, you know, accompany him at the centre of defence if we are dealing with a four-at-the-back formation. And in that case, Andreas Christensen would slot right in and that would be fantastic. But because we might be looking at other options like Schlotterbeck, this might lead us to think that, you know, Nagelsmann might have to kind of tinker around with the formations, maybe play Schlotterbeck and Upamecano along with Hernandez, or maybe sometimes bench Schlotterbeck for Upamecano, or maybe bench Hernandez for Schlotterbeck and so on. So it would definitely give him more options. But in terms of like a stable sort of defensive structure, I'm not sure how feasible that would be. Besides, Schlotterbeck might cost anywhere from 20 to 30 million, and it really depends on if we are willing to invest that much money, plus obviously the wages on a young player. That being said, I think there is another very, very interesting and a great option that I really want Bayern to consider seriously. I want that to be Bayern's first option, in fact, and that is bringing Air Texas, aka Chris Richards, back. And Chris Richards. He is just proving himself at Hoffenheim. He is doing brilliantly. I think Hoffenheim stands at the fifth position in the Bundesliga right now. And that is just phenomenal. Chris Richards, I believe, is just 20 or 21 years of age. That is very young. He's already a a lock-in for a starting position at the US MNT, you know. And uh, he plays really well for the men's national team. Besides, he's also doing really well for Hoffenheim, starting week in, week out, and making that huge difference at the center of defense. So, we could just get him back. He is right-footed, he is very good in the air, he is very good at ball progression, and he is a youngster. He has a lot to improve on, and he has a very high ceiling, so a lot of, you know, promising talent in there. There's also Tongi Nyons, obviously, so... We already have this sort of a defensive situation wherein a lot of players can take in those spots. So we don't really want to overcrowd it and make these players stagnate on the bench. So my first preference would actually be to see Tongi Nyonzu and Chris Richards get more minutes at centre-back and kind of develop into the promising young talents that we really wanted to see at Bayern München. Because what's the point of signing the best centre-back talents when you cannot give them minutes, when you cannot see them make that jump to consistent first-team minutes? That would be an absolute shame because both of these defenders are fantastic. So I would rather we not sign any defenders in the summer and maybe invest that money on a right-back after selling Bunazar, obviously. But that's going to be easier said than done. However, there are reports that a lot of clubs are in the mix for, you know, signing Bunazar. And that has been helped by his fantastic performances for Senegal in AFCON. 
I really wish he could do the same for Bayern, but like I really don't want to find out because that would involve giving him a start. And honestly, Bayern are kind of good at the moment, and I don't want to ruin any of that tempo, any of that structure. So as much as I want to see what Bunazar has to offer, I think the past you know, one and a half seasons, he hasn't really given us a lot to be optimistic about. So I think we should just sell him for 10 to 15 million. We should be able to get that kind of money for him. I really hope we do. But then again, Bayern bosses suck at selling players. So, you know, what do I know? Regardless, we would have to invest that money on a right back. And there are quite a few right backs in the market. Obviously, there's the interest on, you know, Serginho Dest. But there are quite a few other right back options that Bayern Munich can consider and these have been covered in an article by one of our writers so you should check them out you know uh, a bucket list of potential right back and center back transfers for the summer at Bavarian Football Works so yeah that is what I think should happen center backs we don't need anymore but right backs we really need to sign someone Chris Richards should be brought back him and Nyonzu should also share the minutes alongside Hernandez and Upamakano. That would be the ideal scenario. But let's see where the Bayern bosses take this. And now, uh, we head into another very, very important part of the podcast. And that is, you know, the topic of contract extensions. And we have extensions looming in the horizon. And y'all already know my stance on the extensions of certain key players because I've been repeating this in like every single previous podcast even in the flagship shows you know the extensions of Robert Lewandowski and how that is super essential to Bayern Munich we are basically going to be floundering if he leaves and we don't get an adequate replacement and Patrick Schick you know that just doesn't cut it for me he is not the fallback option there aren't many other top strikers like I've I've heard Ozimhen being thrown around. I've heard other players like you know Sasa Kalajic, uh, probably uh, Sesko from RB Salzburg. I believe I'm not sure you know which club he plays for, and a few other young strike ta- striker talents. But none come even you know a mile of a distance uh, close to Robert Lewandowski, who is the undisputed best player on the planet, and his production levels and his creativity in the attacking third, you know, never ceases to amuse us and entertain us season after season. He's just, you know, at the best of his footballing days, and it would be a shame not to extend him during his prime. So we should do all it takes to make sure he signs an extension. And this would really be a make or break, you know, sort of situation for Brazo and the front office because Bayern fans would undoubtedly be devastated if he leaves, you know, to, to apply straight elsewhere. And I think Lewandowski can be convinced. I think he is willing to listen to offers. And I believe that, you know, obviously Pini Zahavi, Pini Paranha Zahavi, her double quotes, uh, can be expected to put up a really good fight and, you know, kind of make a lot of, you know, issues for us in the media, create stories and fabricate rumors of, you know, interests from every single club on the planet. We obviously know clubs like Man City and Real Madrid are in the mix. But then again, it would hurt to lose the world's best player, you know, to a direct UCL rival. So I think extending Lewandowski is a no-brainer. It has to be done. And if the board cannot do it, it's just really, you know, sad and precarious and kind of an ominous situation. And I think the fans would lose a lot of the trust they have placed on the board. And that applies also for the Neuer transfer. I think 
that is also you know pretty self-explanatory Manuel Neuer is currently and I say that you know with absolute conviction he is still the world's best goalkeeper bar none and his passing ability has been sorely missed when Sven Ulreich has obviously taken over but Sven Ulreich is good at you know making the saves that are you know required and kind of being there at the right position at the right time but he is nowhere near the passer that Manuel Neuer is and Manuel Neuer can dictate the tempo during possession and he can make long range passes with you know superb accuracy that I've never seen any other goalkeeper do and you kind of get this assurance when Neuer is playing at the back you know that sense of freedom to venture forward as a defender because you know that you have the world's best man between the sticks playing a straight at Bayern and you know he's just right behind you so you can venture forward but you cannot say the same of any other goalkeeper options so I think you know a two-year extension is on the cards possibly with the option of extending for another year so Manuel Neuer and again Thomas Müller the best attacking midfielder in the world right now still super productive on pace to break his previous assist record in the Bundesliga and is the assist leader in Europe for the past five seasons combined right now he has the most assists and that even includes you know uh, numbers better than Trent Alexander-Arnold and Lionel Messi and this is you know better by double figures I, I I believe the last time I saw the statistics he had 18 more assists than Lionel Messi considering you know the past five seasons and that is just spectacular and I think Müller can improve even further he is at his peak and he is really really great in that AM role I believe we have huge issues when he eventually you know chooses to hang up his boots with that being said please extend these three if the Bayern board are listening and you know guys you need to do a good job with these extensions because these are pivotal crucial clutch players these are players that shape the team and if they no longer apply their trade for this club it's going to be very difficult to replace them and it's also going to be insanely difficult moving forward we might even face a slump a three to four season slump because how do you replace a player like Lewandowski? But then if you extend him for another two to three seasons, that means you also have time to look for adequate replacements when Lewandowski eventually chooses to leave the club. I hope he retires at the club, but that is just far-fetched. I think he, he might leave, you know, for one last big payday slash, you know, publicity for his career. And I don't blame him at all because a lot of other players do that too they might move to the MLS they might move to the Serie A where you can just walk around and get away with it they might move to the Liga Uber Eats League where it's very easy to start pad against you know clubs like Dijon and Saint-Étienne and Angers I'm just <laughs> calling our French clubs right now I mean uh the Liga obviously has talent but it's not really the best in terms of quality nowhere near close to you know any of the other leagues so that could be a lucrative option but it all basically depends on Lewandowski and you know his plans and the offers that the Bayern board is willing to make so I really hope they don't mess this up and then there's this fourth contract extension you know this enigmatic player Serge Gnabry who 
you know, it's the epitome of inconsistency. I was super happy with his performance against Kreuterfurt. And then against Eintracht, he went back into a slump, just superbly inconsistent. Cannot make a pass to save his own life or the life of his teammates. And just not there in the right positions to take in the ball to then, you know, make a shot or make a pass. Just very poor decision making overall. Very slow with his reactions. And yes, he did help with some midfield and defensive duties, but his overall game in attack, you know, left a lot to be desired. And I don't think this inconsistency is going to really help him make a claim for a better salary package, a better wage package. And if it's going to be better, it's not going to be by a lot because obviously he might put in a good argument for a pay raise, but he doesn't at this point in time, deserve to earn as much as Leo Izane or Kingsley Coman because his performances don't suggest that, don't guarantee that. And Kingsley Coman has been really good, even after the extension, he has been very, very good. One of our best attackers, always super involved in every single attacking move, you know, sending defenders helter-skelter and creating spaces for his teammates. I've been very happy with his output. We all know how Leo Izani has been this season. Serge Gnabry is fourth in the pecking order. He's behind Jamal Muziala for me. And unless he steps it up on a consistent basis, something that, you know, involves him maybe scoring or assisting on a regular basis and not just once every six games, once every five or six games, because, you know, that level of inconsistency just cannot be, you know, afforded at a club of Bayern Munich st stature, especially when we're playing, you know, Champions League games in midweek and we expect the players to perform and to produce the goods for us. And when we have players like Jamal Muziala on the bench in favour of Napoli, like, I mean, why, you know, would you expect to get so much leeway when you also want a lucrative contract extension. So I would say at this point in time, the way he's playing, we should just hold his extension for now and see how this progresses. He really needs to get out of this rut because it's not looking good for him, honestly. And uh, Jamal Muziala is so talented. I would repeat this again and again. He deserves a spot on the wings and that is his, the position where his talents are best suited to and best used. And he can produce the goods for us. He is very productive up front. His goals and assists tally are better than most youngsters of his age or even older. And that basically means that Gnabry is currently on the outside looking in. Even though Nagelsmann is giving him starts and even though he's placing his trust on him. For the fans and for me in particular, like I believe Gnabry really has to prove himself to earn that extension and to earn a starting spot. Because if I were the manager, I would, you know shift towards giving players like Muziala more starts because that could benefit them a lot both in the short and the long run and uh, with that we can now move on to you know the role that our substitute players are currently having so Zabitzer has obviously been a substitute for most of the season so far but recently he has actually been improving in his performances and that is visible he is putting in a lot of efforts a lot of hard work getting into the right positions, trying to generate passes and chances. And his performance against Reuterfurt was actually very good. But I can't say the same of his performance against Frankfurt. He kind of looked clueless at times. And he was lacking with, you know, the ball release at the right moment. And he just couldn't find himself, you know, at the right position to maybe score or assist inside the box. But that being said, we know how much of an impact he can have especially from his time at RB Leipzig when he was like a dynamic box-to-box -box slash attacking midfielder and he, you know, 
made those late runs into the box, scored some amazing scorchers, some belters, and also chipped in with some assists, you know, took some penalties for RB Leipzig, and he was just all over the place. And I want to see him go back to that, you know, dominant level, that level of, you know, quality that we've come to expect from a player of his caliber. Jamal Muziala, well, he looked very good in his first you know, appearance after quite a long time. And I hope he gets more starts. If I'm Nagelsmann, I'm definitely benching Gnabry in favor of Muziala right now because you don't get rewarded with more starts if you're playing really, you know, piss poor. And you need a certain degree of consistency against teams. At least show that, you know, you're on the right track. But like Serge Gnabry, I don't know, he's, his shots are also widely off target. He takes them, sends them to the stands, sends them to the stratosphere. I don't even know where those balls are going. Like, I would rather give that time to Muziala, let Gnabry, you know, recoup himself, rejuvenate, maybe take some time off, consider his options, maybe, you know, play better in training sessions and then give him a shot at a first, you know, first team place. And that now brings us to the next topic, which is uh, the Thomas Miller situation. So, good news is here, Thomas Miller is back on the training grounds and he has recovered from COVID, I believe. So, he should be ready to start in the next Bayern game, which is just fantastic news because, boy, uh, you know, we're always better when Thomas Miller plays. That being said, when Thomas Miller needs a rest or when... A substitute player needs to step in 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 case of an injury you know god forbid or maybe a COVID situation like what happened this time i think we should really give paul vanner more appearance because paul vanner he is undoubtedly and undeniably talented he is fantastic in you know small pockets of spaces he is very good at space interpretation quote unquote round daughtering and i think he has a very very good argument to make to be the successor of Bayern Munich's number 25 Thomas Peter himself and that is with good reason I mean two national teams are battling for a signature Germany and Austria they both want him to apply straight for them and that shows you just how much trust they place on him and when you have the last time two nations warred on an individual on a Bayern Munich player was for Jamal Muziala when England and Germany they went you know toe and nail into the confrontation and you know that it's it eventually saw Germany win and you can see the same thing happen between Germany and Austria so that shows you that Wanner is you know incredibly talented and we need to kind of give him frequent starts every now and then to condition him to Bayern's first team game because if he's eventually taking the mantle from someone like you know Thomas Miller he needs to get accustomed to Bayern's style of play and it would always you know it's never going to hurt if you have a super sub like Vanner come off in the 60th minute against, you know, a tired opposition, just inject some pace, productivity and some vision and some fresh legs, obviously, into the squad and bring in some good numbers for Bayern Munich. So I want to see more of Paul Vanner feature for us. I want to see more of him in the attacking midfield position and hopefully Nagelsmann is able to distribute the minutes accordingly. It's a very good time to be a Bayern fan because you have all these youngsters, you know, coming out of the youth academy, ready to shape up our future and, you know, the world is at their feet right now. They all have the ability to make an impact in the squad and I really hope, you know, the Bayern management take this the right way. 
That being said, uh, we then have, you know, some other possible good news trickling down at the Zabin Astrasa. Good news is just very difficult to hear at Bayern Munich when you have so many injuries all the time. is infuriating, but thankfully, I think Neuer and Goretzka might be in for a comeback quite soon. Like, at least... Uh, it's going to be around a week or so away, but I think they should be back by around two or three weeks. And that is just really good to hear considering we are, you know, getting into the crucial phase of the season. The Champions League games are coming thick and fast, and you also have the Bundesliga games against tougher oppositions. So Goretzka's influence in the midfield, we all know how great he can be as a box-to-box midfielder. He is also a panzer, an absolute tank with respect to his physicality. So his control with Joshua Kimmich was sorely missed. And I hope he can get back to levels from the previous season. Because in the first half of this season, he has been inconsistent at best and really, really poor at worst. So I hope he gets back to his original mojo. And when he's back on track and when he's playing with Joshua Kimmich at the peak of his powers, it's pretty much impossible to stop him so he will be a welcome you know addition to the Bayern squad and so will Manuel Neuer oh god we have missed him so dearly like I've just mentioned quite a lot of reasons why we should extend him and all of those apply to why we need him right now and especially when we're playing against teams like Salzburg who just you know counter-attack at every opportunity and we'll be playing tougher opposition if we manage to get past Salzburg, which is a big if the way things stand now. But I hope we'll be able to get past them, especially with a stronger squad than the one we fielded previously against them. We might, you know, face teams like City and Liverpool, Real Madrid or PSG, the way things go in that fixture. So we need to be ready. And having Manuel Neuer is always a bonus, is always a big help a big boost to our chances of winning everything. So that's good news on the injury front, which is pretty unusual, but I guess, you know, unusual is something we should all be used to as Bayern Munich fans. And regarding, you know, how Nagelsmann is doing with the entire team, I think he's doing a pretty good job overall. I think he did play, you know, everyone's well-liked back four against Eintracht Frankfurt. And... It did morph into a back three as the game progressed, but, you know, a lot of positives from that one. I just don't want to see Luca Hernandez play at left back. Please play him at left centre back. But otherwise, no qualms from the as far as the defence is concerned. Bayern is looking much more solid now. We are conceding less, which is a huge relief because we are just, you know, prone to shipping goals left, right and centre. So it's really comforting to know that we can defend and maintain clean sheets against teams like Frankfurt, which will be very important for our momentum going forward. So we just need to get through this rut, that's what I would call it, this, uh, you know, patchy sort of period, and move into more consistency, more dominant victories. I think they are on the horizon. I think they will be coming soon, and we just have to wait for this team to get things under control. I think I've covered pretty much what I wanted to today, and... I'm sorry if I didn't make it as entertaining as you would have wished. Obviously, having Tom Adams or I Need No Name with me to do a lot of banter helps a lot with that. But, you know, considering this is my first solo flagship program, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope, you know, you want more of me and less of Chuck or the other solo podcasters because it does get 
quite boring if it's the same person doing you know solo flagships and weekend warm-ups and everything else so that being said thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the podcast make sure to like share rate subscribe and do anything possible to give us your support show us your feedback and keep the love coming because we also love you fans we also love you listeners you have been doing a great job so far please make sure to check out our articles on Bavarian Football Works as well and leave your comments there. We are always looking for more feedback and constructive criticism is always welcome. Thank you so much for joining in. Hope to see you in another podcast very soon. And until then, vielen Dank und auf Wiedersehen.